Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Conferred Culture, brought to you by Timothy's, the podcast where we talk about the topics that many of us are passionate about. I'm your host, Chris Murphy, and this week I'm joined by Tim Fracken Kiefler. <laughs> and uh, Tim just kind of buried the lead there, but uh, <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about Battlestar Galactica. Now, I did a solo episode of this um, about a month or so ago. Uh, where I had rewatched it because uh, I just wanted to see if the ending pissed me off as much as it did the first go around. And did it? Uh, <laughs> kind of. It kind of did, but uh, I have more problems with the show as a whole uh, yeah. that I discussed in that episode. But uh, Tim uh, watched it for the first time. Yeah, I, be- I, I believe you mentioned in preparation to to play the, the, the board game or something. You were Actually, okay, so... Just, I wanted to give a little bit of preface here, but I guess this is a good point to talk about that. So I play a decent amount of board games, as you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Christopher here actually started playing hobbyist or modern board gaming. I don't know what we call it, but uh, because of my addiction to it. And <laughs> uh, you played the board game Battlestar Galactica before I did, I think. But yes, that was actually I my did. first exposure to the show or I guess the franchise. Uh, was the board game. And so I wanted to watch the show because I really love the board game. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about the show in relation to the board game and how Mm -hmm. my experiences of both kind of have colored my view of the property overall. Okay. Yeah, uh, that is an interesting point. And that's something that I didn't cover in my episode. So it isn't. uh, I did my homework. I watched, I, I listened to your podcast. I keep saying watch, geez. I, I listened yeah. to your podcast and uh, did my homework. So I know how you, where you stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have a good idea of where I stand too. Cause we talked as, as we do, we talk about pop culture. It doesn't matter if we're in front of a, a microphone or a camera. We'll talk about this stuff like just in our lives. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we, we talked about a little bit beforehand. And so like, we kind of have an idea where each of us stand. So it's, it's good that we're, um, we're not for, for the audience. We're not going to completely tread on the same ground. Yeah. <laughs> we're like going to discuss I'll, it. Yeah. I want to talk a bit about my perspective and I think it'd be good to yeah. talk about it in comparison against yours, but I really want to talk about, um, the philosophy of the Cylon and the philosophy of, uh, Battlestar Galactica as it represents to the board game, because I think that's a really interesting idea. Uh, and it, and it represents some really cool things in board gaming and, and I think in television, like dramatic television too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for people's reference, um, the board game is, is really good. It's kind of, uh, what we call in the hobby, a, um, hidden role kind mm-hmm. of game, although there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, but so, hidden role you mean there basically there could be most likely is a traitor and that that person is trying not to get outed as a trailer traitor but at the same time they're trying to undermine the um um sort of the the various tasks that you have to do uh within the board game itself Uh, this one adds a little bit extra to it uh but at its core i think it's kind of a hidden role slash traitor game would you agree yeah, absolutely. I would say that's exactly what it is. And um, it's one of the best, it, which is, it's it's kind of a, in, in the hobby, I think, because there's so much 
well, I don't know if it's a turnover, but there's always new games coming out. Oh yeah. Um, thousands every year. And I think we talked about this when we talked about board gaming before. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we do want to do a barriers of entry to, to hobbies. And I feel like board gaming is a great one to touch upon at some point, but um, with board gaming, there's, there's, you know, you could probably safely have a collection of somewhere between like 50 to a hundred board games and touch all of the great notes of board gaming and still play to your favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about it. But with, with board gaming, there's always these new hidden role and trader and deduction games coming out. So there's always hot hotness as we say in, in yeah, the gaming. new hotness. Yeah. Uh, uh, right on BGG. In fact, uh, board game geek yeah, was straight right, from the, the horse's mouth. Board, board the game new geek. hotness. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's a really good adaptation of the game. I'd say I very much enjoy the board game. Um, It can go like a little long in terms of playtime, but you kind of don't notice it because you get wrapped up in it. And it's even better. It's funny because you hadn't watched the series, but you played the game first, which was uh, and you still really enjoyed it, which is the sign of a good game. But I feel Mm -hmm. like it's it'd be like enhanced by knowing things about the property and that's that's why i'm like man i've played this a few times and i should watch the show and and then i think i would enjoy the game even more now that i've watched the show like you said and i can't <laughs> wait to play board games with people again because i think this is one of the first oh, ones i, I, I want to tackle because uh it's 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 a fascinating concept so um, did you manage to, did you get a copy of this, by the way? I can't remember if you bought one or not. I do have a copy of it. I have nice. a copy of it and all the expansions and I got it for, for a, a reasonable hot, price, hot, hot price from nice. a friend of, of mine. He ran a, a board oh, gaming yeah. cafe in town and he let it go for like, I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound awful, but it's like, I think I got it for like 50 bucks or something crazy. Which again, for reference to the people who aren't super into board gaming, uh, that is very cheap for this uh, board game because it is uh, out of print and has been yeah. out of print for a number of years. I think it came out right when the show uh, ended, so like around two thousand eight or so. That's right. And maybe yeah, it was two thousand eight. Okay, and um, so it's been out of print for since that time, and since like the, so the and the show hasn't been revisited in any way. And so uh, I think maybe even the company that made it, I'm not sure if they even have the license anymore. So yeah, they've lost the the rights to publish the rights to it. Okay. So this is a very tough board game to hunt down. And it's one of those games where people are so like, I've seen the game and all the expansions go for a hundred to 150. So like, yeah, you, you can get it for two twenty nine, brand new on Amazon. There you go. Yep. <laughs> So it's it's really tough to hunt down and find. So the fact that Tim got it for like that's really low. Yeah, uh, I mean, which is a really well good loved. deal. Which is the good. box. The box is well loved, but I don't really well, care yes. about that. But still, yeah, like I mean, like you, it'd be different if it was like a brand new game that you could get like mm-hmm. easily and not pay very much more for a new copy. But this is really hard to hunt down as it is. So the fact yeah. that it's like well loved is I think fine too. like, especially for the price you got it for, but that's right. At and any it, rate, it's really, it's, it's become one of those quote unquote grill games. And by that, I mean, um, uh, on people's lists of things that they'd like to have in their collection, but can't find and really hard to hunt down or not willing to pay exorbitant prices for. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and on top of that, I got I got like I said the expansions with them. There's three expansions all, all together. There's mm-hmm. 
Pegasus. Which I've never played with, which would be interesting, I think. I haven't either. So again, I would love to try them out now that I've played the base game a few times and uh, mm-hmm. and watched the show. And so... watched the show. I'm 2-0 and in this board game. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated. Yeah. The only one. Anyway, uh, so with all that kind of preamble out of the way, um, how do you feel about the TV show? Because the if anybody's listened to the to my uh, uh, solo episode about it, and I'll just kind of like give a very, very, very brief recap. I it's problematic for me. I like it, but it has a lot of issues, mm-hmm. I, and I still hate the ending pretty much. Um, so, where do you fall with with, with the show? Yeah, so I've been given a I've given a lot of thought to it, obviously, because I I've been bugging you to to talk about this with me for like weeks now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so I guess what I I guess for me, real realistically, I I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time, mm-hmm. but I would say it's one of my favorite shows. Like I would say if I had if I had to pick like a uh, how, how, sorry, that's the wrong phrasing. I think it's a great show. I think you should definitely watch it, regardless of where you fit on the spectrum of liking sci-fi shows or television in general. I'm actually thinking about putting together a list of like the greatest hits of television because you know there's all these all these things out out there on albums you should listen to and games you should play and show or uh, movies you should watch and bands and all that kind of stuff but television is kind of an interesting thing because there's there's lots of filler tv out there mm-hmm. um but i think battlestar galactica represents some of the better stuff and stuff that i i if i would ever make a hit list and say you know what 25 shows to watch before you die or something to that effect yeah I think, one of those buzzfeed lists yeah i, I would say that I, I would say this is definitely a contender for something that people should get into S- See, and again, how if you've listened to mine and like, again, I'll very quickly recap. Um, I would partially agree with that. I would say if you are, um, if you are like me and you are an atheist and are pretty hardcore about it, not so much hardcore, but like if you, I'm, I'm like atheist so like there's atheism is like i don't know whether or not a god exists there's like atheism and uh, there's like anti-theism i'm like Mm -hmm. tend to um sort of skew more towards that the spirituality in the show will bother you probably or like i mean yeah and and maybe to maybe a better way to say it would be if if you're like me in that and you can't turn that part of your uh brain off mm-hmm. you, th- that it's really going to bother you and tim and i had this discussion too and he mentioned um like offline he re- he mentioned that pretty much anything religious like um kind of gets my hackles up or whatever <laughs> i did say that didn't i <laughs> yeah you did um t- to an ex- when it's when it's overbearing it does and uh, unless it's a show like good omens where the whole show is a joke and you're not supposed to take it seriously unless it's like a comedy like that um i found it too heavy-handed in this show um if you want to look at a show that does religion but does it in an amazing way that would be babylon 5 the way they handle religion in that show is it wasn't ever heavy-handed but it was always there and it was always one of those things where you know, 
like everybody should be free to believe what they want, basically, as long as you don't interfere with other people's rights and things like that. And 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 in this show, I just found it was like in Battlestar Galactica specifically, I just found it too heavy handed. So and maybe that's just me because I can't turn my brain off for stuff like that. But um, I'd say it would depend. Yeah. Um. No, those are all those are really good points, and I I agree with you that there's definitely an emphasis on some very specific cultural idioms and religious belief systems in there because they focus a lot on um, hmm. as as the as the topic of discussion. They talk a lot about Greek gods or Roman gods. I guess it'd be Greek because of the, the names they use, but. Uh, mm-hmm. They talk a lot about Greek gods in that show, and then they use them as sort of the popular religion of the day against uh, a monotheistic idea. And mm-hmm. the monotheistic thing is never really established like what god or, I guess, like mythos that follows around that god. But it's definitely a, a main point of the show. And uh, every thing I watched after watching the show talks about how it sort of represents a, a time capsule in, in like history, I guess the show that was going on there talk, trying to talk about like a lot of stuff that was happening. And I can't really think of like that era of 2002 to 2009 or whatever it was. Cause like, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, did they do like the, the four episode miniseries first and then they did yes. the, the show. So yep. It was like, and so the um, it's an allegory. Just basically everything I read and what I get from it too. I've I've read this a lot, and I share the opinion that it. Uh, you're right; it is a time capsule. And uh, 2003, we were only two years removed from 9/11. Yeah. So it's very like uh, the whole terrorism thing, like one side against the other, and they were trying. And this is why they ended up speak a whole bunch of men up speaking at the UN because. Um, you know the Cylons come come across as the you know that force that wants to wipe Take out the other side. I understand? Yeah, and there's like a lot of hatred, and then they eventually end up coming together and putting aside their differences for for, for something bigger than 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 the. Um, Except that it didn't happen in real life. <laughs> it didn't, but you know it's that. But that's why they spoke in front of you because it's like it's funny because, as I said in my podcast, I thought my my episode, my solo episode. I watched it first. I'm like, yeah, I was in the mood for something dour. And actually the show was very hopeful. Yeah. Uh, it ends up being very like the hope that like two different, like completely different beings can put their differences aside to achieve something greater. That's, that's, that's the ultimate point of the show really. Yeah. And so like talking about the religion and the ideology, ideologies that come out of the different belief systems in the show, I think it is a really interesting show in in some and chris kind of nailed it on the head when he talked about how it falls short on certain things um i agree with you that it's it it has all these really interesting ideas and it doesn't really resolve them or take them in different directions and it could have just been you know how the political climate and cultural climate was at the time that they just weren't feeling adventurous with it and they thought they were breaking ground and so maybe we're just you know 2020 when we look back at this we're like yeah this isn't this isn't amazing by any means but i still think that as a show at the time and in terms of what it does it has a lot of really cool ideas and 
Um, I don't, again, I don't think it's the best thing ever. I don't, I wouldn't say it's my top 10 shows, but I definitely think it's noteworthy. I think you should watch it if you like sci-fi and I think you should watch it if you're interested in good television and, you know, the history of, of television and things like of that nature. Um, I I think ultimately like what they got. So the, the, you're right it has a ton of interesting ideas it's a very hopeful show the like the you know the messaging is ultimately like i said that's what the show about like hope and coming together right different people's coming together but uh the things that they did not well were like i said the the very heavy handedness of the religion but that i had less of a it's funny because i had less of a problem with that even though i i did have quite a bit of quite a bit of a problem with but i had less of a problem with that than i did with the shoddy writing their, their problem was that they would write themselves into a corner constantly. Yeah. And I believe you were the one who told me that um, they it, it seems like they the way they wrote the show was kind of by the seat of their pants. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those are the two things they didn't do. For, the, the, the two things that they did, like a few things they did really well were um, the uh the serialized storytelling they did again for 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 as as flawed as the writing was they did know how to do serialized storytelling and ron ron moore had experience doing that in deep space nine yeah and the other thing they did really well but it was a really realistic view of humanity like Mm -hmm. um for sure yeah often in science fiction shows you'll have there's like the the good guys are very clearly the good guys and the bad guys are very clearly the bad guys and there's no shades of gray Mm -hmm. and like the good guys always do the right thing and you know as as science fiction especially is guilty of this but uh well it's easy um, to do that for sure yeah um deep space nine Babylon five a lot of shades of gray this one does too so i i feel like it did that like almost everybody in the show outside helo is the only one that does stuff like does the right thing every single time I would say literally every other character in this show is like um it's morally uh, ambiguous. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, even and, Lee. And what's interesting is like I think I would agree with you that the characterizations are the part that I struggle with. I mm-hmm. I think the characters are really interesting, but I don't think that the characters the choices they make with the characters make sense. And like any good show, if you don't get a sense of closure from your characters, you're going to look back on it and be like, well, well, why did I watch this? Or what, what, what where's the payoff? And so exactly. I actually, I almost wish I would have recorded my thoughts down as I was watching <laughs> it because all of my guesses, like things that I guessed about the show, I would say I had a, like a 50 or 60% accuracy rate, but it was on okay. stuff that like wasn't important. And it was yeah, like, exactly. the stuff that was important. I was like, really? This is where you went with this? Yeah, it makes no sense. Like uh, the ties being Cylons. That makes doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Especially seeing as they established that him and um, Adama met years ago and he had more hair. And it's like, and they just kind of like hand wave it away with like, well. Um, he aged. We've seen Cylons. Yeah, we, we we aged we don't know they can't do that and we've seen cylon models do all kinds of things and they just yeah. like hand wave it away and it's like if you're gonna do this at least explain it properly and they just kind of they one throwaway line is all they is all they do with it yeah 
Yeah, so there's there's problems like that, and there's mm-hmm. problems like they'll they'll have they'll have these like you said they'll they'll present this idea and then they won't follow it to its natural conclusion or mm-hmm. they won't explain something or they'll explain away stuff and that's I think in my opinion that's a fault of uh of just like the show the way that the frontrunners decided to write the show yeah but. I, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have really interesting ideas. So, um, oh, it absolutely does. Uh, they, the they, two point, the two two uh, uh, arcs that I loved, two of my favorite show, and the least to do with uh, Cylons or the religious aspect or um, the bigger overall thing, were um, the trial of Baltar and the mutiny started by Gata because they you like the argument they they took their time and they did it over multiple episodes and in both cases you could see uh both sides Mm -hmm. which is that is a credit to good writing like those things those sort of um um side plots that they did for those they took the time to write real well which goes to your point is one of the strengths of the shows this is these these are the ideas that are really interesting and really cool but because the characters are treated like, I guess, almost like uh, uh, plot points, like MacGuffins. Like they use the characters to get their ideas from end to end. So mm-hmm. like Lee Adama, for example, going from being uh, Cap to not Cap to uh, lawyer to president, president to Cap to... I don't even know what he was at the very end, but like just having him change roles didn't always feel like it was his character evolving so much as the story calling for someone to mm-hmm. fill that role. Yeah. It wasn't organic. And so you right. use him and be like, okay, now you're a lawyer. Cause your grandfather was a lawyer. And I was like, okay. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, that's, yeah, no, 100%. that's good. Um, I guess we're in the, and, like the whole, best. Yeah, and like the whole thing about Starbucks, it's just like what, what, like what is this? Like I had to Google it after. I'm like, what is the deal with her? And it's like, oh, we just thought it would be cool to leave it ambiguous. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what's the deal? Like, what's what? It's just it was so confusing. Yeah, you just look back on it. And I'm like, what is this? Well, and I think I think I said this too, but I think what they were trying to show was that she was also a Cylon. But because she was a child of a Cylon, she like represented an actual uh, human Cylon hybrid, and so so she was able to like come back. But they never explored any of that. They're just like, yeah, she came back. She's an angel. And I was like, guys, if you just like took this like one or two more episodes through, we would have been like, oh, okay. If you just fleshed it a little bit more, what? So you thought her dad was a Cylon then? Well, because they alluded to the fact that Daniel. Uh, the 12th Cylon oh. that got murdered or whatever was okay. her father because he played that song and she learned that song from her father. But again, See, it was like a couple of throwaway this is, lines. Yeah. And this is the, this, this is the, the, the testament to the, the, like how all over the place it was. I didn't even pick up on that at all. Yeah. Like I just thought she was, um, 
uh he just like wrote her i just thought they were implying that it was like kind of divine intervention that her dad wrote this song and then she's taking it now and using it again i had no idea i didn't make that connection in any way i just <laughs> thought that they said like um they they introduced the concept of the, what, what who'd you say it was david was the other daniel model daniel the 12th Cylon that was murdered or whatever was murdered yeah i just thought that they brought that up and then just dropped it because they used to because again like i didn't make that connection because they used to do that all the time uh um yeah i think um 11 there's 12 plus one 12 okay so 13 then anyway um i that's the thing they used to bring up things like that all the time and then just drop them so that i assume that's what they did here again and didn't make that connection at all yeah. It's, fu- it's funny that you didn't. I'm like, I didn't notice. <laughs> and I've seen it twice and I didn't make the get- that connection either time. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, because I was trying <laughs> to figure out what was happening with her because I thought she was an interesting character. And like I said, I mean, I she was one of the best characters in the show. I kept anticipating that they were going to reveal that she was one of the 12. And then it would have like, made nah, sense. Nah, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. We're just going to keep you guessing. And they're like, okay, we'll give you 11 of them. And I was like, okay. It's probably still Starbuck, but it could be Gaius, but it could also be the president, Rosalind, but maybe not. I still, and I was like, I bet, I think I'm pretty confident it's Starbuck. And they're like, nah, just kidding. It's, uh, <laughs> and I'm yep. like, the fuck? <laughs> it doesn't, right. It's, it's, I, I think, and, and we talked about this too. I think they were like, they were just they were writing it by the seat of their pants, and I think that they looked at Starbuck and they looked at Baltar and they said, That's too obvious. Yeah. That's 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 what I think. I think that they thought it was too obvious and they tried to do the thing that um um they didn't quite do it as bad as Game of Thrones, but they did like it's the same sort of idea when it's like, oh, people think that um Jon Snow is gonna kill the 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 King. um the, the night king so we have yeah. to make it somebody else even if it doesn't really make that much sense and it's like okay yeah it, it's, it's sort of the same idea yeah. is like ellen ty when she comes on adama general adama or was he an admiral i think he was uh he was still commander at the time commander commander adama yep, yep. He, he suspected her of being a cylon and i was like why didn't you follow that down you know they tested her too, and the test was shown to work on Boomer. They had an episode center around the test working on Boomer, and then they just like, and then they tested her, and he's like, "I'll never tell." And it's like, you mean to tell me in three years you didn't remember the results of that test, or they just thought that we would think that he didn't read them on purpose? Maybe I, like it just right. It's just one of those little little. There's a whole bunch of little threads in this show that if like you keep they keep being pulled on and it kind of collapses in on itself. Yeah. Is is the ultimate problem. But I I am in the same camp as you. Like it's got a ton of interesting ideas. Like mm-hmm. um like I said like the the interesting moral decisions and stuff like that and the way like you know some the the evolution of some of the characters was interesting and yeah. you know there there's a lot of really good episodes especially in the first couple of seasons but by the time they get to the end it's like they didn't know what to do with it well and they 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 went some of the really interesting ideas or they presented some really interesting ideas about um you know capital punishment and uh executions and mm-hmm. how do you deal with politics and how do you deal with 
personal politics and how do you deal with, um, you know, just even like the, the stuff about the water, like all they had all these really great things that they talked about. That's true. Yeah. Yep. And, um, but then there's like, at some point I almost feel like they were like, Oh, we've introduced too many ideas. Which ones should we follow? <laughs> it's like, um, there's a robot chicken episode where he was, uh, um, who's the final five Cylons. It was right before the last, like the back half of season four came out. Mm-hmm. And um, they had Ronald D. Moore guest star in Robot Chicken. And he was like throwing darts at a dartboard with pictures on it. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel that's almost how they decided who yeah. was who it was going to be. Yeah, like it, that's what it feels like. Like I almost, almost, it almost would have been better if they'd had Tom Zarek be one because it that would have been cool. Like he tried to incite he, mutiny. Yeah, because at least he mutinied. You're like, okay, he clearly... and he so dissension the whole show too. Yeah. Yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah, like he was a really good character. I really like his character a lot, actually, because he towed the line in the middle between like being he wasn't flat out evil, but he was more or less selfish and had his own interests at heart too. At, mm-hmm. at heart too, but sometimes he would do the right thing if it was in his best interest. And then, yeah. like that whole the whole black market episode. The black market ex- episode's great because mm-hmm. it's like the, in it's like oh there's this black market we got to shut it down and then by the end of it, it's like yeah we're not going to do kind of keeping the fleet running we kind of just have to like let it be and keep an eye on it it's like see that that's fascinating yeah so if they explored things in a serialized manner in that way more i think they would have had a, they would have ad- addressed a lot of the story beats mhm and they could have kept the show going to the point where when they did introduce the Cylons, it wouldn't have mattered because they explored all the theological, philosophical, political, you know, sociological, whatever you want to call those different things. They could have explored all of those things to their natural conclusions. Mm-hmm. And then we would have, then the show would have been like, man, Battlestar Galactica, this show addressed everything. But or then you could rank it. You could probably rank it in your top 10 then at that point. Yep. Which is like, it's funny that, you know, there's been talk for the last couple of years about them rebooting it again and people are all upset about it. And I'm like, but why? You could do a (laughs) They might be able to get it actually right this time. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be for that. I think if they. I'm totally on board. If they brought new writers in and kept all the same themes and explored things and maybe they wrote the show properly, like from end to end, like a, like almost like breaking bad where they knew the beginning and the end and wrote the story that way. Mm-hmm. Cause or it's Babylon four 5. seasons. Like it's, it's so funny to me that it was only four seasons. Like they almost could have uh, had the show perfectly planned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And like it. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just, they were just writing it, writing it as they went. And, um, I don't know if they got canceled or they just, cause it was, it wasn't a cheap show to do. Right. Right. So I don't know if, if sci-fi just decided it was too expensive and was like, this is your last season or they around or the writers and, 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 you know, their contracts were up or what, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it, especially the, the final the back half of season four feels super rushed. And um, the ending is just like how 
they're basically us like 150,000 years ago. I'm like, that's so fucking dumb. (laughs) That's so dumb. But that's again, back to my point about not having closure. Like they, that was like a perfect textbook example of shows in 2000s. And even in the past decade where a show would just be like, yeah, okay, we're going to wash your hands of the ending. And that's, boom, that's it. Yeah. That's the show end. And you're like, what? You're like, what, what what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, not that well, we want to go down into the Game of Thrones route, but <laughs> a little bit. Well, like I did that. mention it already, so. Yeah, I know, but I I didn't because I was trying not to. Take You're trying to make comparisons. It's hard to not to, though, because it's similar insofar as it explored a lot of interesting ideas, but it just completely shit the bed at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, yeah. too, because I'm going to say this and, you know, maybe this is going to give me some like low key hate, but. I almost feel like Game of Thrones did uh, Battlestar Galactica a favor because it makes it seem better <laughs> by comparison. Yeah, I was thinking that too, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think you're right because, um, I had a lot of anger about how this show ended because I'm like it was so good up to then, but then I'm I rewatched it post Game of Thrones and I'm like I don't hate the ending as much. But the overall show, I have a lot of issues with. But then, if you do compare it to be to to, to Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones, you're like at yeah. least, at least this one has, um, it doesn't do a complete a complete 180 at the end, like no. Game of Thrones did. Like you don't have characters acting completely outside their character, like a little bit, like bits and pieces here and there, and like you said, they don't follow it up. But there's a difference between not following it up properly and just having characters acting in complete opposition to how they acted for six seasons before. Well, on, like, on top of that, this show actually ha- it's designed to give you that option. They have they actually have a built-in plot device with the Cylons. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a good and point. Like, you again, can act a certain way like and they just be a Cylon. On it enough. Yeah, it's true. Because right? Saul didn't like change really change the way he acted after he found out he was a Cylon. Not really. No. He's like, no, I'm still super loyal and I'm going to like drink myself into oblivion. <laughs> it's like, you're, so you're the same character then? Well, and, and with Chief, he had like this really interesting character arc up to the point where he just like murders that one uh, lady. Which, fuck. Uh, what's her name? Yeah, uh, Tori, because Tori had killed uh, Callie. But like he kept flip flopping the whole show, and I was like, "Man, this guy! It would be so wild if he was a Cylon, and then he was." And so that was one that I was I was happy that I was right about. But I feel like he didn't mm-hmm. get the, a proper send off. No, he just like, okay, I'm on Earth now, and I'm looking around and cut to somebody else, and you're like, okay, man. Like, and he was a really good character. He, like you said, he was like um, back and forth. I don't know what I believe, you know. Uh, um, there's something about this place. It's you know, it's it's you know, I'm feeling like yeah, you're not a Cylon, and he's like, yeah, oh, you're not okay. a Cylon. Totally and convinces him of it. Yeah, exactly. And Cavill which is knew. great in retrospect. And Cavill knew. Yeah, he totally knew. But he was a dick, though. He's such a dick. Yeah, he's a, he was a, a he's a classic uh, TV villain, right? Yeah, yeah. So so he's yeah, I mean hollow. He is, yeah. But, like, it's one of those, uh, yeah, like, exactly. He was riding the line the whole way, and you figure, like, him figuring out he was a Cylon would make him, like, 
a little bit more decisive, but it just like, no, <laughs> he just, kept going back and forth. He was just the same guy after him. Like, what are you doing? The only like, one that really changed after they found out was Tori. Well, I thought Anders did too. Uh, sort of. He became a little bit more like paranoid, but that's kind of like, I mean, he was still kind of the same guy. But he was like an ancillary character anyway. Like they, they, they brought into the show because everyone hated him, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. That. And it's like, oh, yeah. no one likes him. We're going to make him part of the show. And I was like, what kind of dick writing directing is that? Is that? I know. He was in Wish, he was in Wishmaster, hey? Oh, yeah. He's in Wishmaster too. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and so like Tori was really the only one who changed it significantly. Cause she went from like, and she sends um, Callie out an airlock. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She, she goes from like, um, like following Rosalind around her and just doing what she's told to, um, exactly. I'm going to flush this uh, because she knows who we are and I don't want to get caught and, and killed. And that's I'm just great. Toss her it's a airlock. great story beat. It's a it's, great, it's, it, I'm like, so why couldn't you have done that with the rest of them? <laughs> Yeah. Cause she was an ancillary character too. Like she was like, didn't bring her in until after Billy died. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I didn't like him as a character though. I felt like he, me neither. He was super not wooden. Cause he, his he was too straight laced. He was just, yeah, he didn't do much. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, he was supposed to be a character where he was kind of like uh, the moral grounding for Rosalind and some of the other, but he never really did uh, characters. That. But they never really did that with him, and and he he came off as just like you said, like just stiff, yeah. like he was just there to, to like you know, it's like oh you know like Rosalind escapes um, uh, imprisonment, and he's like oh I can't go with you, and it's like well didn't you just freaking shit on the cake at the at the, at the birthday party, buddy? Like Jesus, yeah. It was just like that, and that's and the whole thing with Dean and everything. It's like man, just like. Cut your losses, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's one of those things. It's like, I, so I didn't really feel that much when they killed him off. It was supposed to be this big, sad moment because yeah. Rosalind really liked him. And it was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. And okay. So another character I wanted to talk a little bit about, cause I don't want to go too, I don't want to talk forever about the show. Cause obviously we could just talk about all the stuff he does like in like We're good. forever, but, but we do have to fill at least an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to I want to go into the sh- the game talking about the game a little bit too. Okay, I feel like I have lots to say about that. But um, Duala's character was really interesting to me too, because her treatment uh, she represented a lot of hopefulness, and then she they found Earth and she was completely crushed, and mm-hmm. they alluded to that when they were coming back with her. Uh, but then they did this weird thing where she was like kind of excited to see Lee and be around him. And then she was really happy. And then she just straight up commits suicide, which I don't That's know. a common thing though. No, I know. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know if the treatment of that, I, to me, it felt like they just kind of like brushed it off. Like, yeah, I mean, they didn't really follow up cause they only mentioned it like once or twice after that. So like it wasn't they were all impactful. very upset about it initially. And then they're like, okay, time to move on to other stuff. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. But she was, she was pretty integral to the story for quite a while. So, uh, you know, 
I don't know. I just, I guess what I'm saying is like, I feel like they didn't, they could have honored that character a little bit more than they did. Mm -hmm. Do you know who had the most best complete arc on this show? And he was my favorite character outside of Baltar because Baltar was like a yeah, he's, he's a great show. characterization for sure. He's a great character, but the guy that the, and he was a side character and the guy who had the best arc on the show was Gata. He had I the best, Gata most had complete arc too, yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at how he started out as this like shy, like unsure of himself guy, and then he evolves eventually. Impaired. Yeah, he eventually goes from that, like, um, he ends up working with Baltar, like, uh, in, in his cabinet and helping the resistance. And, but he's still, like, um, he's still a little naive to eventually, like, um, this is wrong. I need to do something about it. And he aligns with Zarek, but he still has, he still has a line he won't cross and that costs him in the end. I'm yeah. like, that's the most complete arc in the show. Like, they really, they they really and he was really good acting. Um, Alessandro Giuliani, the guy who played him, was a really good actor. Like he played the part really well too. So yeah, I don't know. Um, it just I think it says a lot that one of your side characters has the best arc. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the side characters were really interesting, and that's again, that's another strength of the show too. It's another strength of the show, right? Like yeah. uh, I don't know if you consider six a main cast character, but mm. um. I later thought, on but not at first yeah so like i thought she was a great character and i thought that um they could have explored her a lot better and they when they started talking about like resurrection and stuff i think that they should have done something to show that either she was linked to gaius somehow or that she, he was insane and the, the way they just kind of like left that like it was destiny i didn't i didn't care for no, <laughs> me neither. Me well, neither. I, know, I mean, I, I for different reasons. For it, yeah, but... different reasons than you. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It wasn't very well done. They're supposed to be linked, and yet you don't really show how they are, how they were linked. And yeah. then all of a sudden, she was seeing him too, and I was like, "The fuck? Yeah, what's going on here?" And then there were like their own no resolution. Both, it's just they're, they're angels, I guess. And then the end of the end, at the very, very tail end of the episode where Ronald D. Moore is reading that magazine headline and we're in like the 2000s and they're like, oh, like, look, they're inventing robots and stuff again. And they're like, well, it is part of God's plan. And he's like, and uh, I believe the the angel six like says the angel of Baltar, you know, he doesn't like to be called that. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it's like, what did you, did you just throw this in for and I think, and this is the, I, it's, I think it's a case where like the, the writer of the show, he, his beliefs like heavily influenced the ideal. So I read a little bit about Ronald D. Moore and he identifies as an agnostic. Now to, I know the, the definition he's going for, which is I'm somewhere between atheism and theism. Um, atheism and theism is a dichotomy. So there's no in between, but that's besides the point and Gnosticism and agnosticism refers to not like whether or not you claim to have knowledge. Mm-hmm. But so the definition he's going for is like, I'm somewhere in between and I'm like, but he was raised, I think he was raised Catholic. I want to say like pretty yeah. hardcore Catholic. And so, so I think the combination of that, and I think he leans towards believing in a God. He just doesn't know what it is. So it's almost like he, and this happens with a, like a lot of artists where, I was going to say, I'm not saying I it's good to touch on that too, but I'll yeah, it's, it, where it's, yeah, where it's not like a good or bad thing. It's just the, where they're at in life heavily influenced the way they wrote it. And so like, I think 
it's like I, I i think his his like i believe in god but i just don't know what it is so i'm just it's gonna kind of bear out in this tv show personally yeah. so i don't know if you had anything more than that to add to it but well, what i was gonna say was so um not, not that we i want to go too heavily into our, our own um ideologies and backgrounds and stuff like that but i mean as artists and you know people who talk about the arts i think that sometimes it's important to give a frame of reference yeah um, we did do an episode about it by the way it was the i believe it's the first ever episode i i i, I published on here but <laughs> yeah we did several belief systems um yep because like your background is is uh is it catholic too or is it just uh it was united united, united church right. okay Canada. yep Cause, so cause a little me, bit more loose on the rules yeah it's a little case okay, a little looser sorry i couldn't remember if it was if that's it was, all good man don't worry that hard, hard or not but um so like my background is, is I was raised Catholic. So I, I can see all those things in like stuff I consume, but for mm-hmm. me, I, I often look at it like, like you just said, where I think that the people who are making these things don't even realize that they're referencing stuff that they believe or were raised with, or was part of their like childhood. Oh, and totally. And sometimes it comes out cause it's like, you're trying to, you're trying to resolve something that you resolve either it, yeah. really care about or really don't care about. Mm-hmm. And so I think for you, because uh, that background, you, you, you dissociate from it so strongly. I think you, you call attention to it because you want to be like, yes, I acknowledge that this is something that this person was doing or caring about, or it's an idea out there and I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, and I, I do that it's... sometimes too. Yeah, I but think it's like, less less that and more. Um, I, I I felt like this show beat me over the head with it. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like <laughs> you're like, no, why are you why are you presenting this thing to me? I don't. Care. Well, why are you doing it again and again and like you're? I I I get that it's very spiritual, and I get that um the sh- like the main theme, like them looking for Earth, is based on a prophecy. You don't need to bring it up every five minutes. That's yeah. that's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Not so much as a religion, but as religion, that's like, like it's in, it's it's too much. Like I I got aligned. <laughs> you well, know, no. there's like a uh, there's a threshold, and if you go past that threshold, I'm like taken out of it. Whereas well, other shows think, of like, yeah, I think that's dealt with the, religion with this, with this show and the the guy who who made it or the the guys that made it. I I almost wonder if they. Uh, I'm assuming they're American, but I almost wonder if I believe so. If that isn't like a, a consequence of the time that they were in, and like again, Americans have a very weird. But I guess like it's true of other countries too. But they're like their theism as it relates to Christianity is like so entrenched with like militism, militant is it militantism or mili? I know what you're saying. Yeah, like yeah. I like, don't know which one it is. They'll combine <laughs> they'll combine military stuff with religion in like yes. very I was about to say fascinating, but it's almost exhausting for me at this point. Um <laughs> yeah, no kidding, like, right? Um they're very gung ho and hardcore. Like it's just, it's and, just like, and like very much part of their stuff. And so like what fuck, what did I watch the other day where I was like Oh, I know what it was. Oh, I have to be careful how I talk about this. Um, 
We watched Hamilton uh, recently. I've never seen it because it's like I've seen trailers and I've seen a couple of excerpts from it and it just didn't really do anything for me personally. And that's how but, I uh, felt when I kept yep. seeing about it. And, and um, my son really likes it because he likes musicals and he likes history and he likes things that are musical that talk about things. So he, we watched it because he really wanted to. And so this is, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I love being a turtle. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I think for me, I, I make a strong point now not to watch stuff that I don't feel is going to add value in my life or is more of the same or something mm-hmm. I don't care about at all. But because he cares about it, I care about it. So I watched it. If that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah, it's totally different. I watched stuff that my kids like all the time and I hate. <laughs> so just, I, anyway, apparent. watching the show, I'm like, yeah, American American patriotism is living strong. You know? Mm-hmm. So with this show, I feel like because it's made by Americans, it it's gonna have a bit of that in it inherently. Yeah. So it's like where you see like, oh, they're just beating me over the head with them. Like, oh, that's American American content. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. And like, maybe it's just like where he was at the time and he was just working through some shit and like happened to be working on a show at the time. Right. I don't know. But like, I've watched tons of American TV shows that have religious elements that don't. It's not as um, heavy handed and pervasive as this. Fair enough. Like, and it's, it's also, just, yeah, yeah. It's just, it was a function of the show and the function of the guy who wrote it. Yeah. And it's also like, like it's 12 years old at this point. So yeah. I mean like deep space, Nine. you look at deep space, nine Babylon five, there are tons of religious iconography and, um, and, and representation and, and themes throughout both of those. Like the main character in, um, deep space nine, captain Cisco is basically a religious icon. Um, yeah. And uh, the main character in Babylon 5 eventually also becomes sort of a religious icon a little bit. But they have a whole species that um, has like a warrior worker and religious cast. There's a whole cast on a planet that centers their very existence around religion. And it's less heavy handed than this Mm -hmm. because they knew how to write it. Like not so much. That's a poor choice of words. I don't say like knew how to write it. It's just that they had a very... And then this goes back to the whole thing where they didn't really know what they were doing with it. Um, exactly. Babylon 5 is, yeah, like Babylon 5 is a really good example because that is a five-year TV show novella. He had a very specific idea of where he wanted to go and where he wanted the characters to end up. And he wrote with the ending in mind and he got yeah. there. And he wrote religion in such a way that he acknowledged it was a thing and that people believe in it and that we can't prove it one way or the other. But at the same time, it wasn't, it didn't take over the show it like with with, with battlestar galactica it's the it's there's, there's things there's in those shows it's the show with religion sprinkled in with this it's religion with the show sprinkled in that's to me that's the difference yeah and and so i guess that's where again differing opinions i can watch the show <laughs> and enjoy it Fair. and not care about that because for me it's not as contentious of a thing Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked, we talked about that offline, but I, I don't think I actually expressed that yet, but no, it's fine, man. Like, again, like we can disagree and still 
<laughs> just we can still this discuss is, it. This is, for those of you out there who struggle with having different opinions, <laughs> this, this is what arguments are supposed to look like. Look like. That's People right. have two different opinions. They come to a compromise and they come away knowing more about the other person, not feeling like they won. <laughs> Exactly. Like, or that, um, I'll, and, and I, I actually got this from the, uh, one of the atheist shows that I watch, um, respect the person and you can disagree with the idea. And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. Like, cause I totally respect and same thing with Mike, like Mike hates the last Jedi as we've, we've gone over in past episodes, Mike times. hates the last Jedi and I love it, but we're still like, it's not like, just Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> You're wrong and I hate you. It's like, we no. Can't be, we can't be friends because you like We can't it. be friends anymore. It's like, no. It's like, he doesn't like it. I like it. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the same it, thing with this. So, yeah, I guess I, I, at the end of the day, like, it's it's an interesting show. Um, but what I really want to talk about is... is like <laughs> that relates to the board game? So, okay, uh, you, you, which surprises me a little bit, but not a ton. What do you mean, not a ton? <laughs> not a ton. Like, so I know that you had re- like watched it because of playing the game and and looking forward to playing it again. But also, but it, I, I didn't, I didn't fully expect you to go into it. So it is a little bit of a surprise. Ah, See, we don't discuss literally everything before we record podcasts. Everybody, I know it's crazy. Hey. Yeah, I, I know, just, right? Like, I kind of do that to you. I'll like come in with something, and then I'll like <laughs> have something in the back of my pocket, and I'm like, "That's ah. right." Throw throw me a little curveball. It's like, "Oh, I did not expect this." That's good. Yeah. So, uh, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> the board game, is amazing because in the game you you take on the role of a character, uh, and you have to have representation of different, I guess, like functions within the Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica uh, community. So someone has to be a politi- pol- politician or political. Someone has to mm-hmm. be a, a pilot. Someone has to be engineer and someone has to be, um, what was the fourth one? Or is that, is that it? I'm, I, I feel like I'm forgetting one. I feel like you are too, but I, I it's engineer, pilot, politician, commander. Maybe it's command command crew, like because you got to be you either got to be, um, Adama or, um, one of the other high ranking people. I believe. Keep talking. Yeah, I can't. I can't run. It's been like, June. Last time I played this probably was with you. Like I think two, three years ago. So it's been a while. But I can't remember. I know that. Uh, um, so, like, I know that the different characters had different powers. But uh, Rosalind's got some powers to do with the quorum, and uh, um, uh, Adama has some powers because he's the admiral. Mm-hmm. And you can you can be both, which it's not a good idea because you don't know who the traitor ah, is. I got it. So the traitor could end up with both. It's piloting, which is the mm-hmm. red. Politics, yep. which is yellow. Yep. Leadership, which is green, and tactics, there you which go. is purple. There you go. So it's not actually roles, it's, it's like identities, but like it's so confusing because like two of those are character traits and two of them are jobs. Hey, just like the show. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so So it captures the show really well. Yeah, I guess so. Now that I'm actually looking at it, it's yeah. confusing. Um Yeah, a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, so what's interesting about the show is, or the show, the game is that you have to, you have to assign people roles based on 
fitting those different identities because those identities are integral to getting the proper experience of Battlestar Galactica, the board game, right? Because mm-hmm. what happens is uh, someone is going to be piloting Colonial One and someone's going to be piloting Battlestar Galactica and you have to maintain all the different elements of uh, Battlestar Galactica's uh, reserves, Systems. right? There's the mm-hmm. water and food and uh, just general happiness of people. What's the fourth one? I'm doing it again. I'm forgetting one. Something about you have to make sure, isn't it that you have to make sure that your like your FTL is functioning or something? Oh, maybe like that's that? what is the FTL. So like I they, think it is. They encompass all those things uh, in the board, as well as all the different locations on the ship that you can go to. So you can go to the brig and you can send people to the brig and you can go to the command deck and you can go to uh, the medical bay and you can go to the reserves for the vipers and the raptors and just all these different things. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and in, and uh, in one of the expansions, you could actually toss people at the airlock too. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. (laughs) I can't remember which one it is, but one of the expansions you can toss people at the airlock. Yeah, so what's what what happens is so what's fascinating to me about this board game, <clears throat> fascinating, is that it has all this stuff that's supposed to be happening. But if we're being completely honest, it's not what the game is. The game is playing the players and figuring out who is a Cylon and who is a human. Who isn't? Yeah. Which is why I said at the beginning of the podcast, I think what it like what it boils down to is like uh hidden role slash traitor is the core, like the core mechanic of the game. And and so the rest of the love, stuff is almost superfluous. What I love about the game is what I love about the show, and what I love about the game even more now is that I understand more about all the bullshit of the show. And how it really, <laughs> it really doesn't matter when you, when you distill it in terms of what's great about the game and what's great about the show, which is that, yeah. is that guesswork is trying to figure out who's who. And, you know, just because someone's like an optimal character or an optimal um, role, it doesn't matter because they could be some the other Cylon. identity. That being said, the Cylon is in, in the board game, the Cylon is almost always Baltar. Which is for people so who've never played the game, uh, at the beginning of the game, you're dealt these identity cards, mm-hmm. and uh, on each card could either be human or Cylon. Uh, Baltar is the only char- character that is dealt to, <laughs> so he's got twice, and I believe you have to have one at least one trader, I think, yeah. and so he's got twice the the odds, he, odds of of uh, um, being a Cylon as everybody else does. So yeah. I have played Baltar um, once, and I was the Cylon. The other game that I and I won, which was awesome. And the other game that I played with you, mm-hmm. and I think I ended, I was I might have been Starbuck that game, and somebody else was Baltar. They were the traitor, and we still won. I'm like, it's almost always Baltar, <laughs> which is too bad because he wasn't a Cylon on the show. <laughs> so it's hilarious. It's, it's so funny, right? Because yep. in the show, he plays both sides. And because the, he's self, it's all about self-interest with him. And in the game, like you said, he's given that opportunity. And I think they almost did that intentionally because they wanted people to suspect him as a character or you as a player, which is smart. It, it's, I think that's smart 
Uh, What's the matter? Because he's shady at best in that show anyway, right? Yeah. And so what's interesting about the board game, the baseboard game, is it actually only covers like the first like season or two seasons of the show. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why I want to play the the expansion because I want to see how they integrate the rest of the show into the game. Yeah, because one of the expansions uh, brings the Pegasus into it, doesn't it? It does. And yep. I, want, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I feel like that's a really cool part of the story arc. And mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe maybe Mike will listen to this. Maybe he won't. But it's actually <laughs> it actually is predates the hold on maneuver from The Last Jedi. So, <laughs> so something that he likes about that movie actually happens in something In Battlestar Galactica? Fair. First. Well, they, they didn't they? Yeah, because well, no, yeah, that's right. They they jumped at some point to they do sacrifice the ship. I don't. It's in the same they way. Out of the ship. It wasn't the same thing because they they all they piled. No, no, but it, it was but... it was a similar idea. Yes, but uh, no, that uh, that story arc was really interesting because number one, you had somebody a different military ship come in who outranked Adama. And they mm-hmm. had to deal with that, but they weren't gr- the greatest people. And so they ended and... up being murdered because they were bad people. Yeah. Well, but they weren't entirely bad. Like, no. it, there was a spinoff movie called Razor where they went into, like, the history of the Pegasus. And I've seen it. And it's, uh, it's they flesh out the story a little bit more. And you kind of get to see why they ended up the way they did. There was a six, uh, the six that they had on board um, was sleeping with the captain. Oh yeah, of the Pegasus, and so um, she ends up betraying her at some point, um, and you know it's, it's two things: number one, you're silent, you tried to kill all humanity, but number two, like you worked your way into my heart and hurt me, and so now I'm going to take it on you, which is why she was so so anti silent and that's kind of the the point at which they started cannibalizing the uh, civilian ships. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those what if like like what if the Battlestar Galactica had been captained by a different like what about if it had been in, under a different person's command you know like uh, it was basically showing you what could happen if you know you had a different kind of um, personality in control of the ship as opposed yeah. to the one that they had so that was a really nice. Um, mirror of of what was there it's too bad that they end up having to sacrifice the ship because it was newer but i thought it was really interesting. it's not called battlestar pegasus called battlestar galactica so (laughs) yeah which makes sense in hindsight that i was like wondering that when i was watching the show because i'm like again i knew there was four seasons going into it i knew that it was going to end um and i was on that point and they're like adam is gonna sacrifice the ship and i'm like but there's like two seasons left is he exactly. going like, to be given like the name Battlestar Galactica as like an identity thing? And uh, and then I was like, oh, I see. They could have renamed the ship. That's what which, I mean. But, like, maybe they would have yeah. renamed it, but then they just... Yeah, they might have done that. But yeah, so I mean, you could see it was that nice little kind of mirror uh, held up to the to the current crew and, and fleet of what could have happened and what could have went wrong had they made different choices. So that was interesting. Yeah. And um the like I said in in the solo one I did the um the woman who played the uh, uh commander uh I can't remember her name. She was Ensign Rolaren in Star Trek the Next Generation. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's a little bit of Star Trek. Star Trek connection because like I said, like uh um Ron D Moore worked on TNG of course. Yeah. 
So. Um, anyway, back to the board game. We kind of other things about the board game I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. So you also have um, this amazing thing that happens when you're playing, where you'll be, you'll get uh, Cylon um, ships will come out. What are they called? Um, Cylon raiders. Raiders, and you have to deal with the raiders because if you don't, Cylon oh, you're screwed. Your ship, right? Yeah. So like the the raiders attack you. And then the, oh, what are the other ones called? I can never remember the other ones, but there's, uh, there's boarding there's ships, essentially. There's, uh, well, no, there's three. So there's Ra- Cylon Raiders. Uh, there's the Cylon, I can't remember, like, the basically the transport ships that are that board Battlestar Galactica. Base stars. And, the, and, the, and then the base stars. And then the resurrection hubs, of course. But, like, um, yeah. the... Uh, um, you have to deal with the raiders because they could damage key systems and keep you like reduce your food and water and stuff quicker. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe oxygen is the other resource. Now that I think it about it, it was fuel. I, I checked it fuel. Was okay, so the, fuel, food, and morale. Morale. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, they could damage stuff like that. Uh, but in addition to that, um, if you didn't take out the the transport ships, you could have Cylons come aboard your vessels and wreak havoc like they did in like a specific episode of the show. So Yeah, which is amazing. Um, Again, it they, yeah. they cover a lot of the Thematic. stuff that happens in the show in this game and they do it in a meaningful way. Because inevitably you're gonna have a Cylon board your ship. It's gonna happen mm-hmm. at some point if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. But you have yep. to be not vigilant, right? Exactly. And then, you know, it's like I remember, so the great thing about this game is it is it um, produces stories. The first time I played this game, I played it with uh, my roommate, former roommate of mine, and um, several other people, a few of which I had met for the first time ever. And <laughs> I was, ball- and it, it was, yeah, it was really cool. So, like, I was ba- uh, Baltar and I was a Cylon. And so I played everybody, and then I got to the, and one guy didn't believe me, but I had enough people convinced. And then I got to the point of like um, revealing where it was so satisfying because we were doing a mission where you had to like, basically when you do a mission, you have to like lay down a certain number of, of colored cards to complete the mission. And like some of the colors are bad and some are good and you can sabotage it. So I would like, like sneakily sabotage some and, mm-hmm. you know, put, you know, succeed where I needed to. And then I get to the end and one of the guys didn't trust me. And uh, he put me in the brig and I'm like, and I, I, I said to uh, one of the other guys, I'm like, look, you can leave me in the brig, but then like you're going to be down a guy. But if you want to leave me in there, it's fine. And he's like, no, I'll bring you out. And then I screwed up one of the missions that would uh, have helped uh, them, uh, would have uh, made the ship go into FTL and avoid a whole bunch of Cylon like ship, ships attacking them. So I sabotaged that mission openly. And I'm he's like, but that card's bad. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and he's like, son of a bitch, I knew it. And so... Um, I, that was right before my turn and I got to my turn. And then you, basically if you're a Cylon, you can kill yourself, go to the resurrection hub and get a whole bunch of powers. But then you're, uh, if you're not in the, yeah. what's that? And then you're out if of you're, Cylon. Yeah. If, if you're not in the brig when you do it specifically. Yeah. So, um, I kill myself, I go to Resur- Resurrection Hub, and then I just rain down terror. <laughs> and I basically single, like, like I basically de- destroyed enough of the ship and then um, had another Cylon uh, in the fleet helping me in secret. And I totally won. And then the second time that I played with you, 
we uh, were going to go. I thought we were cooked a couple of times. I was a Dom and, uh, and I, I was the Admiral. Yes. And, then and I, I believe I was Starbuck. Too. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so you took you took the um, quorum leadership, I think, from uh, whoever was playing Rosalind. And, and so you were making all the decisions because I'm like, okay, I trust you. And you're like, okay, I trust you because we had figured it out kind of mm-hmm. where we were at. And then <clears throat> it was like the, the, the guy who was the Cylon, he did a, he had to do a, I'm like, okay, if he basically, I think it was, if he hit anything over like a three, we were screwed. Yeah. And I think he rolled a two. Yeah. And it was just one of those fluke rolls. And then we managed to get just, we're like, Our everybody was like watching the board. We're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then he rolls a two and we're like, yes. And then it's like, all we need is this one card to come up. And the card comes up and we're like, everybody's like high fiving and shit. And we're like, FTL or Earth, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was such a great moment. And it's one of those board games that elicits that great reaction and like, those are two like very vivid memories I have of playing this game, which speaks to the quality. And it, it speaks a lot to the show because it, it again, it's thematic to the show where they were just mm-hmm. like, they get by by the skin of their teeth so often in that yeah. show. So the, the game plays the same way where it's very close every time. And, um, and again, you can be making these decisions about like what, what location do we go to? Or, uh, you know, with the quorum, you can make decisions that affect uh what i think it's what what what's plain right like uh in terms of uh something it's some sort of decision making that they do i can't i i think it's like yeah i can't remember either i think it's uh whether or not to you have the power to sometimes choose one mission over another or something like or 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 like what missions you go in on and then yeah something like that yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, the quorum it's funny cuz the leader of the quorum has a lot of power but so does the cat like so does the commander. Yeah. And that's the again that's what plays to the show because the first couple of seasons they were at odds with each other and in this you can totally also be at odds with each other cuz you don't again just like the show you don't really fully trust that person at the beginning of the game because you're not really sure unless you take so, power somehow. <laughs> yes, which you can do. Yeah. You have to, you can do, I think it's, you can do an election and um, take over um, and you can mutiny and take the um, commander, like the commanding thing away from the, admiral. the commanders. Yeah. The admiral. Yeah. Like Admiral Dama. It starts out with her, of course, and Rosalind starts out as the leader of the quorum, but you can take it from them, but it looks suspect when you do it. Yeah, unless right. the group agrees with you that it should be done because they don't trust that person. So it's just, you know, it, it makes sense thematically mm-hmm. and it makes sense mechanically, which oftentimes I find IP based games like we'll have one over the other. It'll make sense mechanically, but maybe not thematically or the other way around. Yeah. And then you're but this one nails right? it. What's that? Sorry. I said, and then, yeah, you're, you're left disappointed. Right. So yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not, uh, you could like be like, yeah, yay, it's Back to the Future, or yay, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or yay, it's I don't know, Friday the Thirteenth. But like, is it actually that experience? Yeah, exactly. So, or like Terminator, or Aliens, or whatever else. Although I think Alien is actually a good thematic one. Um, Which one though? Because well, legendary, there's... but I don't know if you legendary. Like legendary and oh yeah, no, I, I have Legendary Aliens, really good. Yeah. So, but there's a uh, Nemesis, which is the unlicensed version, and then there's Aliens, another glorious day in the core, and yeah. So, 
there's there's a few of them alien flux <laughs> yeah. oh flux for flux anyway yeah no i think this this i think you 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 know you hit a lot of stuff on the head there just it works really well thematically it makes sense within the game but then it also ties back into the show which is why like i said i think and you you have stated this but i also i i agree with you that you will have a better time with it if you um if you've watched the show but you don't need to watch the show to play it which is also amazing and enjoy it yeah exactly it just it enhances it just like a tad if you're a fan of like if you've seen the show and you're you know i don't know like fan or like you know you, you know what happens in it basically like kind of a fan or if you're like me you're kind of in between but it doesn't matter because it enhances the the, the playing the experience game. what's yep. interesting to me too and i wonder if this is if this is super true or not i've heard this in the 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 recesses of the 2000s because i wasn't into hobby gaming in the 2000s as much i was playing like obviously carcassonne and settlers of Catan. i didn't even know about the whole world of of games at that time which I wasn't even playing st- that so they're, they're staples now but at the time I was playing stuff like that and like I played Fresco and um, what's that other one I have that I really like? <laughs> I can't remember the name. I can't even remember it. How yeah. many <laughs> fucking games do I have though? Like I have like almost 300 now. Um, wow, man. What's that one with the sheep, Chris? Oh, Agricola? Not Agricola. Um, Caverna. Glenmore. Glenmore. Glen- okay, Glenmore. Okay. Because that's like, okay. So anyway, point being uh this game was popular like you said right around the time that that show was ending or mm-hmm. it, it, it was going out of print around the time so it was like the show was popular the game was popular and i hear i hear like war stories of gamers playing this game in the 2000s because there wasn't a lot at the time there was like war gaming settlers of Catan, tick to ride and this or something i mean basically and, and like uh pandemic like um uh cooperative games like it occurs to me that I don't think it, well, I don't think it was the first hidden role game by any means. I think it was the like, one that probably made it popular. It's probably like the flagship of it, right? Like the grand. Yeah. Game. That spawned a whole bunch more hidden role games. Yeah. Cause we do have tons of them now. Like you said, right. There's so many hidden role games out there now. It's not even funny. We, we've played a few together. Like I think mm-hmm. between the two of us, we probably played half a dozen or more at this point. Oh, at least like, okay. Even like, more. so there's secret, there's, there's secret Hitler. There was that, um, secret agent CIA one. Yeah. I have that what one. Was that I called? Actually, I think it's just I called secrets or secrets. Secrets. Yeah. Something like that. There was like, um, there's letters uh, from Whitechapel and what letters from Whitechapel, uh, Fear of Dracula. Yard. What's that? Scotland Yard is an older one too. It's an older one, yeah. That's a hidden roll one. I mean, that's probably the most famous one before this one. I don't think it's the best one. No, it's not. It's 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 not bad though. Like it's especially seeing as when it came out, like it's probably quite a bit ahead of its time. It's like one of the better like mainstream board games that are out there. Mm-hmm. And there's Fear um, of Dracula, which I think we both agree that's, is garbage. Yeah. It's not so much garbage; it's just unbalanced. But like, it's, it's so well loved, horribly unbalanced. In Dracula's favor, yes. Letters from White Travel is much better. Um, the Resistance, um, uh, Resistance Coup. Avalon. Um, Coup's a good one. Coup, Coup's a really good one. Yeah, like 
and I'm and there's so many that I'm just forgetting because there's like there's so many hidden roles. Well, there's games like out werewolf there. two and ultimate werewolf. Oh yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, tor- and like so, Tortuga. Tortuga is great. Tortuga, love that Tortuga. Seventeen seventy six. Yeah, Tortuga seventy six. Yeah, something like that. There's uh, yeah, like that's right. We played the one night ultimate werewolf, didn't we? Once. Yeah. I honestly um, played that way back when before you even had to buy like a book. Yeah, totally. You can play but we, we have played it together. Yeah. Mm, yeah, there's a whole bunch more I'm forgetting, but we played a lot of... Because again, like Spyfall. this one became... Spyfall, yeah. This one became like the super... This one became like the super popular one. And then you had a whole bunch of ones. Like it's like hidden, the hidden role piece of BSG, except like this or... It's mm-hmm. like a stream, like a streamlined version, or it's like a, a, um, a really simple card version, or it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, there's so many because it's one of those board games where it's like if you stream it down to just cards, it's cheap to make mm-hmm. and um, use people's imaginations, which is good, and you can play it with a lot of people. So, and it becomes more of a party game then, and so they're they well, and that's where like stuff like Among Us exists now, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Kids you play like an online all app where it's a hidden rule and it's fun because people are trying to guess what everybody is, and all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, have you heard of Among Us?" And I'm like, "Dude, I played like so many games like Among Us." <laughs> oh yeah, the first time, the first thing that entered my mind when I first saw this game, I'm like, "So it's a hidden role game then?" <laughs> That's yeah. the first thing that I thought of. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, so like uh, BSG or Coup or Resistance or whatever, right?" Avalon. And, um, yeah, Resistance Avalon or anything yeah. like that. I'm like, yeah, I've played a whole bunch of board games like this, tons. But they played it in like an easily to digest, like cute looking game that appeals to kids. So I played it with the kids a few times, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, you know? I played it too. Deception, yeah. Murder in Hong Kong. That's another one too. That's a really good one, actually. I really like that one. Yeah, we should play it sometime when we can actually yeah. hang out. Of- yeah once this this pandemic thing goes away like once it goes to hell where it belongs even though i don't believe and there's that, there's other ones too like sorry yep. now i'm getting excited and i'm thinking about hidden roll games it's like uh shadows over camelot and which i've never played actually it's it's fun and then there's um dead of winter mm-hmm. so also like, I, I would that. say dead of winter and shadows over camelot are similar to this in the sense that the, they're a game game that sounds weird to say they're a game yeah. with many things going on but hidden rule is the main element of it part of it yeah yeah it's just uh bsg took that and i won't say per- perfected it but they it, in my opinion they made the best possible version of it using a great ip that makes yes sense. using a great ip on top of that so like i've heard some of the mechanics of shadows over camelot can get repetitive and there's a certain way you can win it i've heard mm-hmm. i've never played it though so i can't really speak to it and um what was the other one you you mentioned oh dead um, of winter have we played dead of winter yeah dead of winter i hear can get a little uh too traitory like yeah, it's I, I don't like that about it i feel like it the traitor thing becomes like the thing that people care about and i'm like that's not, yeah it's not what it's about it's about survival and there's also an element of traitor or selfishness yeah the the traitor piece takes over the game in that i've heard again i've never played it so i can't speak to it but i feel like again so the game the battlestar galactic game is so good because it i i feel like it almost perfectly balances in between it's like yes there's a traitor here but if we play this right it might not actually matter and 
for the trader, it's important to them to go undetected or reveal themselves when it best suits them. So like, it's not again, necessarily going to have to happen that way. It could be that they reveal themselves or they are outed, mm-hmm. but they might not. And they mm-hmm. could still win. They could, they could. Yeah. It gives you the option. And another one just popped in my head, the thing infection at outpost 31. It's like, um, in that game, you almost have to play it straight. Like you kind of don't really have the option at some point you need to, you, some somebody's going to su- suspect you and you almost always have to play it straight whereas that one you can with bsg you can you can play it in through in the middle like there's a bunch of as the trader in that game there's a whole bunch of different ways you can play and still win mm-hmm. um but in i i feel like in the thing you you can't play that anything other than straight like you can maybe sabotage one or two but you can't really like it doesn't really give you an opportunity to get really devious with it because you kind of you kind of can't because yeah. if you do it just you, it's just too suspicious and you just get flamethrowered yeah <laughs> which is like what the movie is like but is that fun yes i don't know i don't enjoy that i mean uh, i like the game i i do like the game a lot and i've had a couple good experiences playing that too uh but my enjoyment of that game more comes from the ip than the game itself yeah that's fair so but because uh, I was being greedy, and I always quote, I always quote his lines, uh, his line on his player board, and the line on the cards, because <laughs> I love being McCready. Yeah, it's like, and I always go like, um, like when he throws the whiskey in the computer, he's like, "You cheating bitch!" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like so great, and it's like I was, you know, you're quoting thing lines in in Battlestar Galactic. It's less about, I mean, the theme, like you said, the theme is brought it really excellently, but you can go your own way and play it differently. Which is the strength again? It's it's the it hits it nice nice the the sweet spot down the middle. You know what? A I lot of other these games don't do. I I almost think for me, I'm glad that I played the game first and watched the show second mm-hmm. because now I get to build out my own fan fiction and never watch the show again. <laughs> there you go. You'd be like, um, we found um, a different planet and it wasn't Earth 150,000 years ago. <laughs> it was um, this other one. Yeah. That we're going to call That's something it. completely we different. We, want. we can call planet. That's right. Two. Call whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Or we find Earth and it's um, uh, a it, it it's us now or, you know, something it's funny. Uh, the original 1978 series, they did a follow up made for TV movie where two of the main characters go to modern day Earth. Mm-hmm. And and try to protect it from the Cylons that are eventually going to come there. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> which would have been better. <laughs> so Chris, we, we never. So that's the takeaway. We never have to watch the show again. We'll no, just we don't play the game. And... Yeah, and just come up with our own scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sounds like a good plan, actually. So, but like uh, like we said earlier, I'd be de- totally down for them to reboot this. And uh, I'd be also, I'm excited to play the expansions with you. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, me too. I just, we just need to get this COVID like done. This needs to be. And I know at least one other guy who really wants to play Battlestar Galactica with us. So who's that? Uh, Mr. Jared, Mr. Jared Luch. Oh yeah. Right. And I imagine David probably, probably wouldn't mind playing too. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. I sent him to the other. I'm like, man, I miss game with you guys. He's like, I know stupid COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So. I've I've given you my uh my true feelings about the show and the game, and yep. I revealed myself 
Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like the traitor you are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's it's good. I'm glad we got to talk about the game too, because that is something that I did not cover in, in, in my episode. And it's nice to get another perspective on it instead of just me like rehashing all my, all my ideas, though. Since I have very strong feelings, I tend to go. Well, and I, th- I think I think for me, again, my intention here was never to be like, I just want to talk about the show. I want to talk about uh, what I like about the game, I guess, in, in relation to the show. Yep, which is good. It's again, like I said, approach it from the perspective. So it was good. It's a good thing. It's good stuff, man. Okay, so uh, you got anything all. else? Or are you, so are you good? All. So say we all. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say? Or uh, no, I'm. I, I have said all of my thoughts. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think we covered it really well. Uh, overall, probably would recommend it. Um, but if you're like me and you kind of can't put things like aside sometimes which is a detriment that i acknowledge exists for me sometimes but like um otherwise i would recommend it but if if that bothers you a lot you might if you get triggered by religion it's probably not the show for you just so but just play the game and come up with your own stuff so anyway with all that said thanks for joining us this week please like comment subscribe if you're able rate the podcast wherever you listen or if there's something you really want to talk about, email me at conferredculture at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-F-E-R-C-U-L-T-U-R-E at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Chris. I'm Tim. And this has been Conferred Culture.